Welcome to the Cutting Edge Ministries podcast. Our mission is threefold. One, to explain the goals and aspirations of the New World Order. Two, to explain how its implementation will affect the average American citizen and family. And number three, to show how families are being influenced now before we actually move into this system. Armed with this information, you will learn how you can protect yourself, your children, your family, your loved ones and friends, and live a triumphant Christian life in a most difficult world. And now to our podcast. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Jim on behalf of David Bay, Director of Cutting Edge Ministries, located on the Internet at cuttingedge.org and by phone at 800-451-8211. Today our message is called Freemasonry, Two Organizations, One Visible and the Other Invisible. Before we get into the message from David, I wanted to share something in regard to Freemasonry on my family from the days when I was just a kid. My grandfather was a 32nd degree Mason in the Scottish Rite and also a Knights Templar in the York Rite of Freemasonry. You can be both. My uncle and my dad were also Knights Templar Masons, and my aunt was Eastern Star. Every Christmas I remember Dad leaving during the day for a couple of hours in his Masonic outfit and his sword to a meeting with Granddad, my uncle, and other Masons. It was secretive, and Mom was not involved, but she was uncomfortable about it because of all the secrecy. I remember the Knights Templar sword with the skull and crossbones and the Rosicrucian symbols on it. Dad taught Sunday school at our church, and we always attended. During my youth, my dad became born again, and things changed. Dad became a wonderful Bible student and teacher after he left the lodge. He told me that he had read a book that dealt with whether a Christian should or could be a Mason. It opened his eyes, and he knew that he could not be both a Mason and a Christian. Dad spent the rest of his life leading people to Jesus Christ and leading men away from the lodge. I was never involved in it myself. The day Dad died, he sat up in his hospital bed and testified about Jesus and shared the gospel and that you must be born again to all that were in the room. And then he closed his eyes and went to be with the Lord, free from the bonds of Freemasonry. As an adult, I taught an adult Sunday school class. I knew that some of the ladies in the class were involved in the Eastern Star. I taught a class one day that revealed that Freemasonry had some problems and that Christians should not be involved in it. Many things I learned from my dad and many from personal study. There was this one lady who was never in the class, but she heard about it from the other ladies in the class, and she happened to be a leader of the local Eastern Star. She asked to meet with me, and I politely listened to her. She told me about all the wonderful things the Eastern Star did. For 30 minutes, she talked about works, works, and more works, but she never talked about faith. I asked her when she was through if I could share what I had shared with the class. Her reply sent a chill through my heart as she said, I don't want to hear it. If it is a cult, then I am a cultist. At that point, I knew she cared more about the Eastern Star than the scriptures. Years later, I taught a similar lesson at a Baptist church. After the class, one of the members called me aside and told me he was a 32nd degree Mason and that in his lodge, they were all Christians. We talked and I discovered he did not know who Albert Pike was, even though he had been instructed through Pike's writings, or that there was a temple in Washington, D.C. To him it was just an organization of men who did good works, yet he did not recall that one degree 
he went through that teaches that Masons are not to tell Muslims or Jews or men of other faiths that they must accept Christ. Oops, I think that's essential to the Christian faith, don't you? But this 32nd degree Mason had no idea what he had agreed to in his lodge. You cannot serve two masters. Remember the Great Commission. After he, that's Jesus, appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which they had seen because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Would every creature include Jews and Muslims? Of course it would, but in the degree of the Scottish Trinitarian and Freemasonry, it teaches that Masons are not to tell the Jew that the Messiah he is waiting for has already come. Remember, James 2.18 says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Do your works glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, or do they glorify Freemasonry? Are they works from your faith, or just works from Freemasonry? You cannot serve two masters. Now, on to the message from our director, David Bay. God bless you, and may he maintain a hedge of protection around you and your family. This is a short article, and we hope every Mason will read before he begins to read any of our other articles. There is a Masonic organization out there that most of you know nothing of, even if you are a 33rd degree Mason. We have constantly received emails from Masons who are absolutely anguished over our articles, depicting Masonry as satanic. They honestly proclaim that this is not the situation in their lodge. Further, they say they are 32nd or 33rd degree and would certainly know what Freemasonry is and what it is not, and they boldly proclaim Masonry is not satanic. We are both right. You are right when you claim Freemasonry is certainly not satanic as you have practiced it in your lodge. And we are right when we say Freemasonry is satanic to the core and is striving mightily to produce the New Age Christ, the Antichrist. Now you ask, can we both be right? Simply put, Freemasonry is an organization within an organization. One organization is deliberately lied to and misled with false interpretations, while the inner organization knows the spiritual truth of Freemasonry and embraces it with heart, soul, and mind. So let's give you a description of the organization of Freemasonry. Let's hear Masonic author Manley P. Hall describe this two-dimensional organization of Freemasonry. Masonry is comprised of two distinctly different organizations, one visible one invisible. Hall describes this two-level organization. Hall was honored by the Scottish Rite Journal, who called him the illustrious Manly P. Hall in September of 1990, and further called him Masonry's greatest philosopher, saying the world is far better place because of Manly Palmer Hall. And we are better persons for having known him and his work. This is what Manly P. Hall said. Quoting, Freemasonry is a fraternity within a fraternity, an outer organization concealing an inner brotherhood of the elect. It is necessary to establish the existence of these two separate and yet interdependent orders, the one visible, the other invisible. 
The Visible Society is a splendid camaraderie of free and accepted men enjoined to devote themselves to ethical, educational, fraternal, patriotic, and humanitarian concerns. The Invisible Society is a secret and most august fraternity, defined as a majestic dignity grandeur, whose members are dedicated to the service of a mysterious arcanum, arcandrum, defined as a secret, a mystery. All Lectures on Ancient Philosophy, page 433. Many well-meaning men are members of this visible society with no knowledge whatsoever of the inner invisible society. In fact, Albert Pike had some things to say about the brethren in the visible society. Quoting, Masonry, like all the religions, all the mysteries, hermeticism and alchemy, conceals its secret from all except the adepts and sages or the elect, and uses false interpretations and misinterpretations of its symbols to mislead those who deserve only to be misled, to conceal the truth, which it calls light, and to draw them away from it. This is from Morals and Dogma, page 104 and 5 of the Third Degree. Did you hear these key words from Pike? Masonry is a religion, after all. After the order of the Satanic Mysteries, the equally satanic hermetic philosophy, and alchemy. Masonry conceals its secrets from the brethren in the outer visible society, no matter their rank. Only the elect in the inner invisible society ever know the truth. The poor brethren in the visible society are spoon-fed false explanations and misinterpretations of its symbols. And for what reason? Those poor guys in the visible society, quote, deserve only to be misled, end quote. If a man were known to revere Jesus Christ in the beginning of his membership within Masonry, he would be immediately shunted into the visible society and would never, ever learn the truth. He would never be considered an adept or a sage or one of the elect, for these terms are reserved for the members of the invisible society. He would be one of those who were deliberately lied to about the doctrines of masonry, and given deliberate misinterpretations of its symbols, so that you would merely think you knew the truth. Pike then completes his instructions to intentionally mislead those members of the visible society by saying, quote, So masonry jealously conceals its secrets and intentionally leads conceited interpreters astray. End quote from page 105. Members of the Visible Society are referred to as the masses, and you do compromise 95% of all Masons. Listen to what Pike says about telling the truth of the organization to these masses. Quote, A spirit, he said, that loves wisdom and contemplates the truth close at hand is forced to disguise it, to induce the multitudes, that is you, to accept it, Fictions are necessary to the people, and the truth becomes deadly to those who are not strong enough to contemplate it in all its brilliance. End quote from Morals and Dogma, page 103, the third degree. If a person is not capable of accepting the truth that inner core invisible Freemasonry really worships and serves Satan, then such truth would become deadly to you. Therefore, fictions are necessary, so visible Masons would not be so devastated that they would leave Freemasonry and expose its inner secrets. A very recent book also speaks of these two organizations. 
David Ovison, a noted astrologer, has written a book published in 1999 entitled The Secret Architecture of Our Nation's Capital, The Masons and the Building of Washington, D.C. This book is not an anti-Mason book. In fact, a glowing forward to this book is written by none other than C. Fred Kleinknecht, 33rd Degree, Sovereign Grand Commander, the Supreme Council, 33rd Degree, Mother Council of the World, Southern Jurisdiction, USA, Washington, D.C. In other words, the conclusions of this book are highly thought of by one of the most important current Masons in the world today. Listen to what this book says about the two organizations of Freemasonry. After speaking on the cosmic astral journey in the Masonic terms, Ovison speaks of the meaning of the more common symbols of Masonry. Bromwell injected a profound level of esotericism into the bland-seeming symbols used within the lodges. These proliferate on the so-called tracing boards and carpets used by Master Masons to demonstrate Masonic symbols to the neophytes. When not used as an instrument of education, the tracing boards and carpets remain as symbols of the lodge, of the inner and outer way of the craft, from page 99. So David Ovison admits that Masonry has both an inner, invisible, and an outer, visible society. And Albert Pike has boldly stated that the neophytes are deliberately taught untruths about the meaning of the symbols. New Age author Bill Cooper has this to say about these two fraternities, one within the other. Most members of the Freemasons are not aware that the Illuminati practices what is known as secrets within secrets, or organizations within organizations, from Behold a Pale Horse, page 79. The final example of this fraternity within a fraternity, the invisible residing within the visible, comes from the oldest New World Order planning document known to be in existence. This document is one of the best examples of automatic writing, and it details many of the changes societies throughout the world must make in order to achieve the kingdom of Antichrist. This document is known as the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion and is being followed carefully today. Listen as this supernatural author speaks of the two organizations within Freemasonry. The author is speaking of the guise by which the Illuminati will ultimately seize dictatorial control. Quoting from paragraph 7, For what purpose, then, have we invented this whole policy, and insinuated it into the minds of the Gentiles, without giving them any chance to examine its underlying meaning? For what, indeed, if not in order to obtain, in a roundabout way, what is for our scattered tribe unattainable by the direct road? It is this which has served as the basis for our organization, the secret masonry which is not known to, and aims which are not even so much as suspected by, these Gentile cattle, attracted by us, into the show army of a Masonic Lodges in order to throw dust in the eyes of their fellows. From Protocol Number 11, the totalitarian, the tot, the tot, the totalitarian state, paragraph 7. Notice that this supernatural author describes Freemasons of the outer visible fraternity as Gentile cattle which had been deliberately drawn into the fraternity for show, so as to throw dust in the eyes of their fellows. 
It turns out that the Masons of the Invisible Fraternity think quite lowly of the Masons of the Visible Fraternity. But why should we be surprised for Albert Pike called the Visible Brethren, who are just trying to learn what the symbols of the Lodge mean, conceited interpreters? From Morals and Dogma, page 105. By the way, for those of you who have tried to convince me that Albert Pike is discredited today, listen to what David Ovison, in his book on the secret Masonic architecture of Washington, D.C., says about Pike. 1. Albert Pike, probably the most learned esotericist in the United States, from page 31. 2. Albert Pike was a fine scholar in some areas, page 92. 3. The learned Albert Pike, page 366. And 4. Pike died in his rooms in the temple on April 2, 1891. Seven years later, Congress approved the raising of the Albert Pike Memorial. The statuary is imposing. A larger-than-life, full-length statue of Albert Pike stands on a high pedestal attended by a lamenting woman said to represent the spirit of masonry, from page 321. Remember, this book was glowingly recommended by the current top leader of Freemasonry, C. Frederick Kleinknecht. 33rd degree, as noted above. Obviously, if Mr. Kleinknecht thinks this highly of Albert Pike, then all of those people who have tried to convince me otherwise to take this matter up with Mr. Kleinknecht. The fact is, Pike is Freemasonry today. There is one short paragraph that properly and concisely defines the heart and soul of the invisible fraternity of Freemasonry. Let's return to Manley P. Hall for this quote. When a Mason learns the key to the warrior on the block is his application of the dynamo of living power, he has learned the mystery of his craft. The seething energies of Lucifer are in his hands, and before he may step onward and upward, he must prove his ability to properly apply energy. This is from The Lost Keys to Freemasonry by Manley P. Hall, published in the McCoy Publishing and Masonic Supply Company, Incorporated, Richmond, Virginia, 1976, page 48. The Scottish Rite Journal praised Manley P. Hall in 1990 as Masonry's greatest philosopher. One 32nd degree Mason wrote back to me stating that he had never ever heard of Manley P. Hall. Yet you can see this book was published by the McCoy Publishing and Masonic Supply Company. The only reason this high-ranking Mason had never heard of Manley P. Hall is that Hall was the leader of the Invisible Fraternity while the Mason was participating in the Visible Fraternity. Another 33rd degree Mason, Foster Bailey, sponsored his wife, Alice A. Bailey, into co-masonry, where she became a key leader. Alice was also the top leader of the House of Theosophy from the 1920s to the early 1950s. She was a prolific writer, admittedly a channeler, for a spirit by the name of Master D.K. She had significant revelations to add to this subject of inner invisible Freemasonry. Quoting, There is no disassociation between the one universal church, the sacred inner lodge of all true Masons, and the innermost circles of the esoteric societies. This is from Bailey's Externalization of the Hierarchy, page 513. Bailey is saying here that once you get into the inner invisible part of Freemasonry, there's no distinction possible between the heart of Masonry, the true universal church, which we know to be the Church of Antichrist, and the similar innermost circles 
of the other secret societies throughout the world. But then Bailey makes an even stronger statement, revealing the inner invisible Masonic fraternity. Quote, The Masonic movement is the custodian of the law. It is the home of the mysteries and the seat of initiation. It holds in its symbolism the ritual of deity, and the way of salvation is pictorially preserved in its works. The methods of deity are demonstrated in its temples, and under the all-seeing eye, the work can go forward. It is a far more occult organization that can be realized, and it is intended to be the training school for the coming advanced occultist. From Bailey's Externalization of the Hierarchy, page 511. Since the meaning of the word occult is hidden or invisible, we know that Bailey is here speaking of the inner invisible part of Freemasonry. And not only does this invisible fraternity exist, it is intended to be the training ground for the coming advanced occultists. This is invisible Freemasonry about which you've been kept in ignorance all along. To verify this fact even further, we encourage you to go to the publishing and distribution house of Invisible Freemasonry, Kessinger's Freemasonry and Occult Publishing. Kessinger's publishes all the old, formerly very secret Masonic books of the Invisible Society. This address is www.kessingerpub.com, and this link is in our transcripts of this podcast. We encourage you to peruse the subjects they've listed at the very bottom of their homepage, noting the extremely satanic anti-Christian subjects of which the Invisible Fraternity is comprised. We have noted a few of these subjects below as Kessinger's has listed them. Alchemy, Ancient Religions, Astral Body, which is a satanic practice, Astrology, Forbidden by the Bible, Autosuggestion, Babylonian, Blavatsky, H.P., one of the most satanic black magic practitioners of all time. Her teachings were studied by Adolf Hitler and provided the basis for the Jewish Holocaust. Buddhism, card reading, Chaldean. Babylonian and Chaldean mysteries were brought into total annihilation by God for their severe Satanism and is the same Babylon condemned in the book of Revelation. And the list goes on and on and we've listed it in the transcripts. This is the heart and soul of the invisible inner fraternity. The absolute darkest part of this heart is phallicism, worshipping the erect male sex organ. The obelisk is the major symbol for this worship, which is why you see obelisks everywhere associated with Freemasonry. It's time to stop being deceived, don't you think? Listen to Albert Pike speak of the obelisk. Hence the significancy of the phallus, or of its inoffensive substitute, the obelisk, rising as an emblem of the resurrection of the tomb of buried deity. From Morals and Dogma, page 393. Now you know why you see so many obelisks atop the graves of Freemasons, for it is an emblem of the resurrection of buried deity. The invisible Mason believes he is becoming a god through his life, so the obelisk at his grave is simply the visible manifestation of that belief. The obelisk was originally created by the Egyptian mysteries of the pharaohs and is spoken of in the Bible. Listen. King Jehu said to the guards and to the officers, Go in and slay them. Let none escape. And they smote them with the sword. And the guards before the king threw their bodies out 
and went into the inner dwelling of the house of Baal. They brought out the obelisks of the house of Baal and burned them. From 2 Kings 10.26 God Almighty ordered the satanic obelisks burned, but only after he ordered the king Jehu to slaughter the worshippers of the obelisk, also known as Baal worshippers. Thus the invisible Freemasonry is devoted to the obelisk worship, so forbidden by God as to be worthy of the death penalty. Keep this in mind the next time you contemplate the Washington Monument. Finally, serpent worship takes us directly into hell itself, for Satan stands directly behind this form of worship. This is the invisible fraternity of Freemasonry, and I bet you never knew it existed, did you? Now that you know all of this, I encourage you to read the Cutting Edge articles, realizing that they deal with the invisible inner organization. Remember this, we're not participating in a debating society, nor am I trying to win you over to my side. Your precious eternal soul is at stake here. You are participating in the most evil, deceptive organization in the world. Your very participation in the visible Freemasonry gives all demons the legal right to afflict you, to cause you great distress and grief, even though you are totally ignorant of the inner fraternity. For more study on Freemasonry, I've provided some links in the transcript of this podcast so that you can find these resources in our bookstore. Uh, The first DVD is called Freemasonry, Fatal in the First Degree, a DVD by William Schnebelin, former Mason. During the past 16 years, one of the most often asked questions by concerned mothers and wives is this. My son or husband wants to join Freemasonry just for the business contacts. There's really no spiritual danger in the first degree, or the first three degrees, right? Former Mason Bill Schnebelin answers this wrenching, heartfelt question very powerfully. Once viewing this video, you'll never again believe that your loved one can safely pass through even the first degree of Freemasonry. The next DVD, Magic, Mysticism, and Masonry by Doc Marquis. This is the one video that every Mason to whom you are witnessing must see. Doc Marquis drives a wooden stake into the heart of Freemasonry by exposing the truths only known to a former Satanist. After proving that Freemasonry does claim to be a religion, Marquis quotes from a Masonic handbook which says that the name of Jesus Christ means absolutely nothing to a Mason. The next DVD is Masons in the Pulpit. This DVD is by David Bay and Mac Dominic. If your church allows Masons to fill the pulpit, or be deacons or Sunday school teachers, you've got a very serious spiritual problem with Almighty God. The Holy Spirit has written Ichabod, the glory has departed, above your church door. Another DVD, Unholy Covenants, Challenges for the Christian Mason by Bill Schnebelin. And last but not least... The DVD, Ladies of the Labyrinth, Order of the Eastern Star by William Schnebelin. The Order of the Eastern Star is the major women's auxiliary body of the Freemasonic Order, open to both Masons and their unsuspecting female relatives. William Schnebelin, former 32nd degree Mason, draws from extensive biblical knowledge and history of the Lodge to expose the secret dangers of this perilous but seemingly innocent group. Your eternal soul is at stake. Please read our articles on our website at cuttingedge.org with the greatest of care 
and with your spiritual eyes open. We thank you for listening. We'll see you next time, and God bless.